0: Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. This is one of those tougher podcasts to record because it's being done just one day before a very important event, which is the non-farm payrolls report in the U.S., This number is going to go a long way to determining whether the Fed is on track to taper along our timeline or not. And as a reminder, our timeline is that the Fed at the September meeting, which is on the 22nd of September, it will give some sort of signal to tee it up to provide that adequate notice that they've said that they would provide. Um, to, for a November announcement and then a start in December. Now there's still some flexibility around that. If we have a very strong or very weak number, you know, the Fed has not locked themselves down into a specific timeline. So we could see that move around. but that's our baseline. And we expect that the data, if it comes in anywhere in the 450,000 to 900,000 range, probably keeps that on track. Anything above that, we could see yields move meaningfully higher, led by the U.S., but also globally, given the importance of this number, and the U.S. dollar could strengthen. Less than that, and the reverse is true. But higher pressure on rates so far in September in the U.S. may not be the only story. We've recently seen move higher in both U.K. GILT and European bond yields, um, and that's the latter has been caused by hawkish ECB council members that have been weighing in of late, putting upward pressure on the market there. And to some degree, it's also helping anchor the euro against the dollar. In fact, on a broad basis, our FX team is actually considering whether there is a general momentum shift in growth and policy expectations that could point towards a higher euro. Though, of course, you know, with the non payroll report, the September Fed, you know, the dollar impact on that side of the coin still looms large. Where we do have high conviction on momentum favoring Europe is on the growth side. So here to talk about that and the ECB, which is coming up next week, is our chief European economist Giovanni Zani. So Gio, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, First things first, last time you were on, you were quite optimistic and I should say, well, let me say more optimistic than consensus on the growth outlook for Europe. How's that playing out so far? And do you have any change in views or still pretty positive?
1: Hi, John, Uh, hi everyone. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so we've been actually a little consensus since the beginning of the year. And uh, yeah, it's paying off because the consensus is moving in our direction. And I would say also the ECB. I mean, they already uh, moved higher in June, but you know, and, and we've seen the, uh, the the kind of declarations and, and, and comments from ECB officials. They are going to raise further their uh, their GDP forecast uh, next week. Uh, of course, there are risks. Uh, Delta variant, especially outside of Europe, actually. Um, and also the fact that you have supply bottlenecks that are uh, putting a break on on activity. uh, And that's for sure. I mean, I I agree with all that. Uh, I'm just saying that I'm seeing that demand is strong, (laughs) continuing to be strong. And actually, if you look at the kind of pent-up demand, the um, demand that could come from uh, the return of um, consumption of services and in front of that, the fact that the saving ratio, especially in Europe, is still very, very high. I mean in the US it has started to kind of normalize faster uh, in Q2, but in Europe in Q3 it was still very, very high. And so for me there is ground for sustained growth, not just for the next couple of quarters, but for quite a long longer period. And I would say just one final thing is that even if you look at you know longer term, I think that the consensus is still a little bit, uh, inconsistent or out of line because of the number I see also, you know, from the IMF, for example, or, or the professional forecaster is for a growth that is very similar to the average growth that we had pre pandemic. Also, for the, the longer term, uh, I think the consensus is uh, a little bit uh, behind in the thinking because if you look at the IMF and all the forecasts that you have uh, uh, from professional forecaster, they take the uh, future growth very similar to the average growth that you had before the pandemic. But frankly, I think that there's an innovation and it's the fact that we are finally using the fiscal instrument, something that we were not using before. And so for me, growth will be probably something like a half a percentage point higher annually for the next five to seven years. And so that's something also that should be taken into account.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, something that you've also talked about, and just to remind listeners, is we are still getting, starting just starting to get that fiscal stimulus from the European Recovery Fund. Um, you know, again, talking about relative growth momentum, and, we, you know, U.S. additional fiscal stimulus plans are a little tied up in politics, but, um, you know, with that fiscal stimulus hitting at the same time with that savings buffer, it certainly seems like that all adds up pretty well. So set us up for the major event for the coming week, which is the ECB meeting on Thursday, which is the 9th. So a lot of hawkish ECB speak lately. Do you think there's a representation there for the broad committee? Or are we only hearing from the hawks and one side of the council of late? What's your expectation for the meeting?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, If you look at uh, the uh, Frankfurt skies, you probably see all these uh, hawks circling all uh, of the, the ECB. Uh, no, they, they don't represent, of course, the, uh, the kind of central view of the governing council, but uh, there is something to it. I mean, something is moving uh, uh, on, the, on the kind of uh, uh, average or, or mean view of the, of the council for sure. We had uh, uh, this speech from Lane, the chief economist with a clear dove, Uh, in the CB uh, Council and actually there are two things that are really important first of all is that on the um, uh, you know the, the growth side I already mentioned that so there will be an upside revision but it's also true for inflation so inflation is being revised up and not just for temporary factors first of all because all these kind of bottlenecks are yeah, temporary, but persistently temporary in a sense. So it's something that will last for a bit longer than anticipated uh, before. But there's also this idea that the, the stronger demand that I mentioned and that is now, you know, becoming consensus is something that is affecting as well uh, the views on inflation medium term. So I expect even the kind of 2023 number to be revised up to let's say 1.6 from 1.4. So we're still, you know below target, et cetera, but we're definitely moving in a kind of normalization direction. And then the other uh, point is, of course, financial conditions in general. The reason why the ECB moved to uh, this kind of a significantly higher pace of pet purchases is because at some point early 2021, we had uh, an increase in rates uh, and, 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 you know, the situation also on the, the broader financial condition Uh, was starting to worsen a little bit and so there was a reaction to that now if you look at nominal rates they've come down and they're of course they're not back to where they were in december exactly but they're very close to that point if you look at real rates which are probably the most important indicator the real relevant one they are clearly below the december level so we we are close to a nirvana in terms of uh, financial condition so um You know, at this point, I think it makes sense to at least remove the uh, significantly higher refrain. DCB is prudent, is patient. They've said that. I think that they mean it. And so I don't think that the uh, reduction will be very large. Uh, My view is that it will move from probably around 80 billion that we've seen so far to something... 70 billion maybe like a few billion less but not not more than that so still above what we had uh, uh, at the beginning of the year um, and also i think that they will basically reclaim their flexibility which is the, the key point there because of course uh, purchases are not a kind of absolute thing it's related to demand it's related to net supply so there's a lot of factors uh, and the ECB doesn't want to upset market doesn't want to have any kind of repercussions especially on spreads et etc so you know at some point they might even buy again in, in quantity even more than they are buying now so I think that the the, uh, the kind of flexibility point will be uh, even more important than the idea that yeah maybe it's time to kind of start to reduce a little bit the pace uh, the last point I don't think they will discuss this at, the meeting next week, but there were some questions to uh, Lane in the interview last week, and there will be, of course, at the QA session next week. Is about you know PEP exit or a QE exit, and there you know we we, we put out a kind of scenario which is related to our expectation for a rate hike in you know late 2024, beginning of 2025, and so in that context, it makes sense to have a, a progressive reduction. To zero by that time, so we're talking still uh, almost three years, like definitely more than two years of QE in a progressive uh, reduction. So I think that that will be the kind of uh, context for the for the ECB next week. Um, I don't think that there will be much else in terms of other instruments because it's really not the point. The point is about this idea that normalization is consistent with. A progressive idea that you know PEP could at some point be removed and then replaced by uh, a progressive reduction of the more general QE uh, right. still me me like 500 billion more uh, envelope of QE for in the, in the next few years so it's still uh, still quite supportive yeah
0: so taper but not really all right great Geo thank you so much that's all the time we have for this week hope everybody has a good week and good luck I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the weekly watch please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.